Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have an episode today absolutely jam-packed full of crazy stories for you. First up, the number of cam girls out there has kind of exploded lately and some sex workers aren't too happy about the competition. Then, is the shooting of Ahmed Arbery just another example of how everyday black Americans have to live in fear of being gunned down by the white devil? According to some people, Yes, yes it is. And then finally, should street harassment be made illegal? Some feminist groups say, heck yeah, yeah, let's do it. Just make talking to women illegal. What could go wrong? So since the pandemic started, uh, the number of cam girls out there has kind of exploded as people find themselves in increasingly dire financial situations. And I think even if you're pro-sex work, that's a sad reality, right? Because it, it speaks to the fact that there are people out there doing this, men and women, who didn't necessarily want to go into sex work, but maybe found themselves in a situation where they feel like they don't have any other options to provide for themselves or their family. There, there are people out there right now doing this out of necessity, not necessarily because they want to, but because they feel they need to. And that's that's very unfortunate. And it's a grim reminder of how serious the the economic recession we're finding ourselves in really is. Uh, but as a result, the cam girl market, I think, in a lot of ways has become oversaturated, right? Because there's, there's essentially almost no bar uh, to entry into that industry. You just need to have people want to see you naked which if you're a woman is almost a guaranteed thing. And as a result, the more cam girls there are out there, I think the less simp money there is to go around for the existing cam girls. So we're gonna be looking at this vice piece that I think almost serves to gatekeep the cam girl industry and try to keep the competition out. I wanna hear what you guys think about it though. Before we get to it, I wanna say a quick thank you to our sponsor, Laurel Springs. As parents, you wanna encourage your children to pursue their dreams and provide opportunities that give them the best chance to succeed. We cover all the time on this show how crazy the, the public school system is right now. Do not take for granted. Do not assume that when you send your kids off to school that they're getting a solid education. So if you want to take your child's schooling into your own hands, that's why Laurel Springs is here. Laurel Springs is an accredited online private school for students in kindergarten through 12th grade. Laurel Springs has a flexible learning program that offers challenging and diverse elective courses. Laurel Springs is accredited by the Western Association of Schools and Colleges and Advanced Ed, which means their transcripts are recognized by colleges and universities worldwide. Register your child today at laurelsprings.com Lauren and receive a waived registration fee. That's laurelsprings.com Lauren for your waived registration fee. Again, laurelsprings.com Lauren. I think a lot of people are interested in homeschooling but maybe don't know where to start with a program like Laurel Springs, they kind of give you everything you need, right? You don't need to design your own curriculum. Laurel Springs is there for you. So we have this piece called Making Money on OnlyFans is a Lot Harder Than You Think. And it kind of paints itself as let's just talk to what the sex workers in the industry kind of think of the recent number of increased subscriptions on sites like OnlyFans. But if you ask me, there's the undercurrent of, hey, stop crowd, stop infringing on our territory, back off. Uh, this is our sim money here. So the article starts, the coronavirus pandemic has led to a surge of adult content online with OnlyFans and Is My Girl, which I'm guessing is an OnlyFans equivalent. I actually hadn't heard of that site before this piece. Uh, those those websites are offering laid off workers the chance to make up for lost income. Cam models say it undermines their hustle. Well, of course it undermines 
their hustle. The thing with with sex workers is that there's, like I said, there's almost no barrier to entry. Anyone can do it. And I think what has made sex work traditionally quite lucrative, actually, at least for some people, is the fact that most women don't want to do it. But when things get more serious financially and more women are forced into it, that kind of brings the market value of sex workers all the way down. So the existing sex workers, I think, have an interest in saying, no, don't do this. Because the more people out there that have their OnlyFans accounts, well, the, the less incentive people have to sub to theirs. So this starts every time Gwen Adora, a Toronto-based adult content creator who releases her content via sites like OnlyFans and Pornhub, logs onto Facebook, Twitter, and even TikTok, she sees jokes about online sex work. You know, I'm bored in quarantine, so I might as well start camming, Adora said, calling the bit frustrating. This is not a real problem to me right? People joking about making OnlyFans accounts. I think as far as sex work goes, that should probably be the least of your concerns of what people are saying about you. I would just leave it. According to Adora, her OnlyFans account has been spiking in traffic for weeks, but non-sex workers shouldn't take that as a sign that they'd make bank if they signed up, the 24-year-old said. Of course. Of course she would say that. Yes, you know, that we're getting all this increased traffic, but that doesn't mean that you would make money if you do this. So just, you you shouldn't do that. I, I'm doing this and I'm making more money than I ever have doing this, but you you shouldn't be doing this. Uh, and as an aside, it actually is, it's sad for both men and women that this spike in signups for OnlyFans, both in terms of creators and content consumers is happening. It's just, it's, it's not our proudest moment as men and women. The article continues, when people fetishize on-camera sex work, Adora said they discredit the sheer amount of work it takes to maintain a successful online presence. Okay, well, I, I'm sure that it's still content creation. You still have to make yourself stand out, so I'll give her that. She says, a lot of our community deals with so much, and that ranges from stigma to people being murdered, Adora said. When people make jokes like, oh, ha, 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 sex work is so funny, let's start an OnlyFans, they don't acknowledge the gravity of our situation. <sighs> Be more mad about the murdering than the joking, okay? Just leave it. Adora said she doesn't want to prevent others from joining the industry, doesn't seem like that to me, but she does want people to recognize how much work it takes. You don't know how hard it is to hustle and get people to pay for their porn when most is free, said Adora, who has more than 35,000 followers on Twitter. But see, that's exactly what I'm saying. You can say it's not that you want to discourage people from doing this, but based on your own words, the fact that so many other people do this, some people providing the content for free, does limit your own ability to make money from it. The article says even prominent sites are encouraging people who have lost their jobs during the pandemic to start creating content online. That to me is, it, it just kind of seems predatory on behalf of these sites. Is My Girl, a subscription-based adult online entertainment platform, has been targeting laid-off hotel workers and McDonald's employees despite their minimal experience in the adult industry. According to a statement Is My Girl sent to Vice, almost 100 former McDonald's staff have joined Is My Girl since last week. Oh, so sad. According to the platform, it has experienced a 30% increase in model signups and a 50% increase in overall site traffic during the month of March. OnlyFans is encouraging content creators to use its platform and has reported a surge in new accounts since March. March 1st with over 60,000 new content creators across genres. Steve Pym, an OnlyFans spokesperson, said device, the site experiencing a 15% month-to-month -month growth. This is just 
such an example of the saying idle hands are the devil's playthings, right? Since since everything is shut down, uh, we see that even other vices like alcohol, alcohol consumption ha have increased as well. People are also spending more time doing things like gaming, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. But if you're kind of turning to it because you don't have a job and you have nothing else in your life right now because of the shutdown, it's not a good thing. Uh, I, yeah, I think this is absolutely an example of these sex workers saying, hang on. You guys, we were here first. Don't take all of our client money, but they just need to realize that the business they're in, they're not exactly offering anything unique, right? And that's not anybody else's fault. That's just what they have chosen to do. Uh, if you don't want to be so easily priced out of the market, then maybe offer a little more something than just, hey, boobs. And that goes to pretty much all of the... Uh, the many e-thoughts out there who are trying to do the same thing. I hate that we as a society are here. Uh, next, so was the killing of Ahmed Arbery racially motivated? Look, this story is constantly developing. Uh, I've, on social media, been commenting about it here and there, but I think overall, the way I see it, the, the two men who shot him were in the wrong. I'm not saying that Aubrey was necessarily an, an angel who was just out for a jog. There's there's some footage of him walking around a construction site, which, I mean, doesn't indicate that he was some criminal mastermind, but perhaps there's more to the story. I'm willing to accept that. But uh, I'm against vigilante justice. I'm against um, violence and the overuse of force. To me, what Aubrey was even suspected of doing did not warrant the response that those two men gave that. I don't think there's evidence that this was racially motivated either, but the usual suspects, especially on social media, are twisting this into a narrative about how America is a white supremacist country uh, where whites just gun down black people for fun. So we're going to be looking at some of those posts before we do. I want to tell you all about Bambi. Uh, when running a business, HR issues can kill you. I used to work in HR before I started making videos. I know for a fact how tedious and how much of a stickler the policies can be. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, and HR manager salaries aren't cheap. An average of $70,000 per year costs that a lot of small businesses cannot afford. But Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, -E, was created specifically for small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance, all starting at just $99 per month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day, -day, all starting at just $99 per month. So that's going to be huge savings. Month-to-month, -month, no hidden fees, cancel anytime. Let Bambi help get your free HR audit today. So go to Bambi.com slash Chen right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash Chen spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot -E com slash Chen. So this story has been sort of blowing up online ever since that first video, which was very disturbing, was shared. It's gone viral. And like I said, I am pro an investigation happening. I think at the very least, the concept of citizen's arrest needs to be looked at. But what I very much disagree with is the narrative some people are spinning as Look, just a, another instance of the, the violence Black Americans face every single day at the hands of white Americans. And we saw this uh, from a post that went viral. Hundreds, over 100,000 likes and tons of shares. This person, Jana Riley, 
said, questions for the white folks on my timeline. What are you doing to make sure that you're raising children who won't kill mine? This type of rhetoric would never be acceptable if the races were reversed, right? If there was a story out there of a black person shooting white people, which there was recently not long ago, a story of actually uh, two elderly people who were killed by a, a, a black man. If in response to that, someone said, hey, black people, what are you doing to make sure that your children won't kill mine? There would be outcry, right? That would not be seen as acceptable and for good reason, but because the races are reversed, all of a sudden it's okay. Um, this is disgusting race baiting. It absolutely is. And we can condemn what happened to Ahmed Arbery. We can say that he didn't deserve to die without turning this into a story of, yeah, just white people, violent, shooting people without cause, because that not only is that unnecessarily racially inflammatory, it's just not accurate, okay? If you look at the FBI statistics, the, the number of interracial crimes is absolutely favored more toward black people killing white people than the reverse. And the thing is like, I almost don't wanna mention this because it, it's not, it shouldn't be a competition of what race kills more of the other race. Any murder is reprehensible. But if these people, like if you do wanna make this about the numbers, okay, the, the narrative you're spinning is just wrong. And as disturbing as that post was, what was even grosser was looking at the replies to it. Uh, there are some white people out there who have just eaten up this whole white hatred and have become these gross, self-loathing progressives. One person said, my child is five, but we regularly discuss the history of the oppression of black people and how it continues to today. We discuss things like police brutality, employment discrimination, cultural appropriation. We tried to expose her to media featuring and made by black folks. This is just such like the the white liberal pandering. The, no, look at me. Yeah, I'm a white person, but I'm one of the good white people. I'm progressive. And I talked to my five-year-old about police brutality. Are you crazy? That is not appropriate for a five-year-old. I just, I, I don't know what goes through someone's mind where they might think, yeah, my five-year-old, I definitely need to tell him about how the police just beat up people unnecessarily because of their race. If you think a five-year-old is prepared to have that conversation, I don't even know where to begin. Another person says, here for accountability, not a cookie. Okay, no, you you are here for a cookie. You're trying to make yourselves, yourself out as one of the good ones. Uh, this person said, I'm working to raise my child to be color conscious plus actively anti-racist. At this point, three years old. He's doing this to a three-year-old. This is, this is borderline child abuse, in my opinion. This means intentional media and convos and connections. You're gonna traumatize this child, all right? It means living in an integrated neighborhood and sending him to integrated daycare slash school. I was raised colorblind slash kind slash silent. I've learned that silence leads to violence and also that integration slash proximity do not automatically lead to equity. It takes sustained action and silence breaking. Oh my goodness. Like this kid is gonna have such a complex about their own skin color by the time they grow up, uh, this is awful. Like the fact that you would take all of your political biases and try to shove them onto this child. Dr. Phil, who if you watch the show, you know that I, I watch and love. He often says, don't concern children with problems that they don't have the ability to fix. This includes things like divorce, financial issues. And I would also say um, alleged systemic racism. 
don't, don't do this to your children. This person says, I moved to a diverse city and enrolled my white children in the majority minority public school where they would have not only black classmates, but also black teachers and black role models. We talk about BLM in our home at the library. I choose books with diverse characters. Okay, so I don't necessarily have a problem with any of like these things just at face value, but in my opinion, it's very strange to when picking a school for your child, have one of the requirements be the racial makeup. Some might even say that's racist, but no, no, it's okay because they're doing it to be more pro-black, so it's actually anti-racist. Uh, personally, when I have kids, the main concerns with their education will be things like the quality of education, the safety of the environment, but um, you know, this is, this is good too. Different strokes for different folks, I guess. Uh, then what was really concerning is that you had a lot of black people as well commenting on this post saying there's no point talking to the white people. They, they're just too bigoted. Uh, this one individual very concerningly said this type of tweet screams so much weakness. How about we start raising our children to shoot back? Look, I'm not going to pretend that there weren't things done wrong in the Ahmed Arbery shooting for the hundredth time. I absolutely believe that there were. But the idea that there's like this race war brimming where white people are just gunning down black people, it's it's wrong. And the progressive left likes to make fun of the idea of colorblindness a lot. But if you ask me, the way that we do move past this is by treating each other as equals, right? Seeing each other as more than our skin tone. And that's not to say we pretend that race doesn't exist. I mean, obviously, I'm half Chinese. I love Chinese culture. I'm proud of my Chinese heritage and my Irish and French Canadian heritage, but it's about treating people not based on the color of their skin, which is exactly the opposite that all of these posts seem to be preaching. Um, this is making r racial tensions worse, in my opinion, and it's just, it's been so disappointing lately to see this type of rhetoric circulating online. All right, next up, street harassment. It's one of the cornerstone talking points of modern day feminism. And to be clear, I am not pro street harassment. Uh, it definitely varies in frequency from culture to culture. And in cultures where I grew up, um, you know, in Hong Kong and even in Canada, places like Singapore as well, I lived as a child. It's just, it's not common. It doesn't really happen in places like that. Uh, but I, I know it's more common in certain big cities in Western countries, uh, definitely in Italy when I was there. Holy crap. But I, I think it's rude. I, I do think there's a point to be made about street harassment versus just um, saying, good morning, how's your day going? But when it comes to actual, you know, leering and things like that, sexualizing or objectifying women, uh, I'm not pro it. But a recent piece from HuffPo would actually have you believe that street harassment is so bad, it's preventing women from leaving their houses and should be made illegal. So... Let's look at that. Before I do, though, I want to remind everyone that The Blaze is having an awesome sale right now on subscriptions. And since we are not on Subscribestar or Patreon, a Blaze subscription, if you wanted to support the show, would be how you do it. Um, we don't know how long this crisis crisis will last, but what we can say for sure is that Blaze TV is with you. We will be here right alongside you for the duration of this crazy period in our nation's history. And the only way we can do that is because of your direct support. Things are tight. We know, we know so many people are having financial struggles right now, but that's why we're offering the biggest discount we've ever offered until midnight Pacific time on Friday. Save an on an annual Blaze TV subscription that brings the cost to only $69. 
nice, right? Which is an affordable $5.75 a month. This is an opportunity to support our show as well. Go to blazetv.com slash Lauren and use the promo code Lauren. Things have never been this cheap over at blaze.com. You not only get our show, you also get shows like uh, Louder with Crowder, Relatable with Ali Stuckey. You can watch Chad Prather's content and so many other great shows. This, this piece starts off by saying we're only loud outside once a day, but women are still being harassed. Can you believe it? Even in coronavirus pandemic, people are still talking to women on the street. How dare they? Uh, this really is just such an example of, I I almost don't want to use the term, but like white feminism. Like this is what you think feminism needs to focus on. But it begins, any trip outside at the moment feels sacred, whether it's for a restorative exercise session or an essential supermarket shop, but those outings can take a dark turn, as some women have reported increasing experiences of street harassment since the UK lockdown began. Journalist uh, Misha Fraser Carroll, 25, based in London, has endured this. She's endured this and says it's especially jarring in the current climate considering going outside can already feel intimidating. I spend a lot of my day alone and when I go outside, I'm already on red alert about the danger of germs. Throw being heckled, catcalled, or followed by men into the mix and it makes me feel that bit more scared about going outside at all. Okay, so I don't like how they threw in being followed with being catcalled. Those are not the same things. Uh, I don't think you need to worry about being catcalled, but if someone's following you, that's absolutely cause for concern. Um, you shouldn't be scared to go outside though. Even if someone uh, you know, says something to you outside, the fact that some of these women are scared, I don't know if it's the neighborhood they're living in or it's just their personal sense of safety maybe needs to be adjusted, but like this is not a street harassment problem. This is bigger than that if that's actually how you're feeling. Another person, Sarah Giblin or Giblin, based in Manchester, has also been catcalled several times while enjoying her daily jog. Usually I do everything I can to blend in and not be noticed, she says, but since I'm the only one running, I get the usual range of comments. Smile, love. No makeup today. Beautiful runner. It's all pretty meaningless but being the only one on the street means the vibe has changed. Okay, um, smile, love. I, I don't, I wouldn't call that harassment. You could say it's annoying, which I might agree with. Uh, don't, don't also, don't forget with this stuff that offense is taken, not given. I think it's very possible that some of these people are just trying to be friendly. No makeup today, that I don't like as much, but I, I think sometimes women can also look into things men say more than they mean them. Like there's the, the quintessential woman who thinks everyone is hitting on her. I think there there might be a little bit of this going on. She says, on, on days which I'm fine, I can brush the comments off with ease. On other days when I'm not okay, they have a greater impact. I'm looking forward to being one of the many in the city center again. So I disappear into the crowd and people leave me alone to think, be, live and walk freely. To me, this speaks a lot to also just big city mentality. Uh, I don't know where you you all live, but I know I grew up somewhere where strangers didn't really talk to each other. Um, Hong Kong is just, it's not part of the culture. But then, and also it's not in Quebec either. It's not a especially friendly place. But then when I, when I moved uh, to Utah, I was shocked by how friendly people were. People talked to you on the side of the street. And I do think that what some of these big city people call street harassment, other people might call just being friendly. Kate Oliver, based in London again, says she was cap 
called by a man who shouted, give us a twirl, as she walked past wearing a dress and carrying heavy shopping. She hadn't been out of the house for three days at that point. I was really annoyed, she says, as if it isn't hard, as if it isn't hard enough to move through spaces as women anyway. Now it's happening on our one chance a day to be outside. As if it isn't hard enough to move through spaces as a woman. Can you believe, like, on top of everything, as a woman, now you have someone saying, give us a twirl. It's just... I, I can't I can't even begin to describe how much of a burden it is sometimes to be a female in this society. It talks about a woman then who actually had a guy lunge at her to try to get a reaction, like to scare her. That actually is messed up. And again, I don't like them conflating that with smile love and then actually lunging. Like that's not the same. And I think that we're, we're well within our rights to say that the lunging isn't okay. Um, Someone else, and this is where things get actually scary because some of these people want to make street harassment illegal. Maya Tutton, who runs the Our Streets Now campaign to end street harassment alongside her sister Gemma, believes this behavior may have amplified in some areas because the pandemic has made inequalities within our society more stark. The fact that we don't all enjoy our time in public space equally without fearing harassment is unjust and makes calls of us being all in it together ring false. Tutton believes public sexual harassment continues because they're not enough aware awareness of the problem and insufficient legislation to stop it. Coronavirus can't stop this from happening and in some ways can make it worse. This week is International Anti-Street Harassment Week, so the Tutton sisters are renewing their calls for better awareness and legislation around it. You can sign their online petition to make street harassment a criminal offense in the UK as it is elsewhere in the world. I, I wonder what those other those other pieces of legislation look like. I mean, it's kind of obviously if it, you're scaring someone, intimidating someone or following someone, I can absolutely see, I'm sorry, I could absolutely see why that would warrant legislation. But because they've mostly been talking about people just saying things, I don't know what their their aim is. Like what exactly are, there tr are they trying to make illegal? If it really is just the things like smile, love, give us a twirl, then they're insane. Okay, they are absolutely insane. That type of stuff does not need to be illegal. And you know what, if you don't want that type of thing happening, and I'm, I'm referring to the actual objectification, the leering more so than just the friendly comments, um, how about we raise our children to just be more polite? And I think this needs to go both ways, right? Raise men not to do that type of thing to women, remind them what being a gentleman is like. And also for daughters, remind them of what being a lady is like, because as much as I hate to say it, the only reason why some men still do this type of thing is because it works on some women. That's right, there, there are absolutely women out there when a, a guy says a crude, gross thing about them, if they like the way the guy looks, will respond to it in a positive way. And it's those type of women who are enforcing this behavior. If we want it to stop, we need to address it at both ends. Goodness. Uh, so will street harassment be the next thing the UK makes illegal? Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the case. I could absolutely see that happening. I hope it doesn't just because the UK is looking like enough of a police state already. But as always, I would love to know what you all think about all of these stories. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you next time.